Hello everyone, this is You've Got 5 Options, a radio show where we prove that 5 is a magic number. Our experts will give you 5 tips on how to make your private or professional life better. We will solve your life challenge by giving you 5 different options to choose from. And our guests will answer 5 exciting questions while live on air. Tune in and feel the magic of 5. Hello everyone, this is Marta and this is You've Got 5 Options show. Here again I am without Anna. Anna, who you probably know or might know or might just be finding out. She is enjoying her maternity leave. Hopefully by the time you are listening to it, she's also enjoying her baby. Uh, as we are recording that show, she's still waiting for the baby to come. So keeping our fingers crossed for Anna, uh, both before and after, because that's a big uh, event in life either way. So today with me, I have two lovely ladies. Uh, those of you who are, are watching us on TV, you already know there are two lovely ladies. Those who are listening don't know about that yet. Um, I have here Estefania with me. Hello, Marta. Who is uh, co-hosting uh, with me and she will actually be leading this show. So That's exciting, correct. exciting. She has agreed to step in. In the meantime, Anna is on maternity leave. And uh, just a few words about yourself, Estefania. First of all, Marta, I am super happy to be here today. It's so lovely to be back in a radio studio to do this podcast with you. I know how much you and Anna have worked on it. How long have you been working on it? And it's really an honor for me to be able to have this seat here today. And I'm also sending all my, all my love and good vibes to Anna because I know it's a big, big change in her life. And I'm very thankful for her agreeing also on giving me this seat while she's having her maternity leave. So thank you. And as for myself, I'm a journalist. I think um, I had a really nice time here as a guest a couple of weeks ago, telling a little bit about myself. But overall, I'm a journalist. I live in Denmark. I am from Colombia. And well, I think that's like pretty much three facts about my life that can give the audience a little overview of the co-hostess they're going to have during this couple of episodes. And as always, if you want to find out more, you can find it on our website, the5options.com or on social media by just looking for You've Got 5 Options. And uh, now the time has come to introduce our lovely guest. Hello, Kate. Hola, I'm Kate. <laughs> we were just discussing before starting this recording that the three of us speak Spanish. I am Colombian. My native tongue is Spanish. Uh, Kate is from Ecuador, so she also speaks Spanish. And Marta also speaks a very, very good Spanish herself. So Not native uh, by far. It was my third language and I got it uh, due to my lovely husband who keeps it alive also at home by speaking Spanish to our children. So I do understand the language. Yeah, and your husband is also Latin American. Yeah, he's from the Dominican Republic. Yeah, That's so nice. We have some interesting Latin American representation today here. So, well, that that's going to be an interesting talk, right? 
Oh, definitely. I'm quite sure about that. Yeah. And thank you so much, Marta, for letting me lead one of these episodes. It's a really, again, an honor and a pleasure for me to do this, especially because the guest that I'm going to introduce to you, it's a very good friend of mine. And you might know, Marta, how nice and how good it feels to do anything professionally with people you love, people you cherish, right? Oh, definitely, yes. Yeah, so I'm going to give the microphone now to Kate entirely so she can let us know a little bit about herself. Kate, where are you from? What are you doing in Denmark? Tell us a little bit about your story. Okay, thank you for having me here. I'm so honored, but I'm also so nervous. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> if I know the ABC of this, but well, I hope. So I'm Kate, as you all know. Well, my full name is Catherine, but only my mom calls me that when she's really upset at me. So please <laughs> don't call me that. Just go by Kate. And I actually studied the same as Stefa. We've been together along this journey for two years. I first came came to Denmark in 2016, on September, to did my master's degree. Then my second year, it was in London, where I specialized in data journalism. And then I needed to make the hardest choice of my life, I believe, because it was either if I wanted to be in London, I want to go back home, or if I would like to come back to Denmark. And, well, I decided to come back to Denmark because I kind of like this Danish land, so here I am. Mm. Okay, that's really interesting. London, Denmark, or Ecuador? You have to tell us what was the make it or break it point for <laughs> Denmark. You know, that's a question that when I am asked, Most of the time, people say to me, oh, my God, Kate, but why Denmark? It is so different from home. Why don't you go to Spain? But actually, that's the main reason why I think that I like Denmark so much, because it's so different. It's the total contrast for me, because when I think is why would I give up all my life that I have back home for something that's kind of alike? And to be honest, I don't know. I think that I'm very Latino because I am a Latino crazy <laughs> sometimes. But on the other hand, I kind of like this Danish lifestyle. And to be fair, here is because I think we are going to talk at some point about healthy lifestyle. This is where I learn much of what I know. Yeah, and I think that precisely I was going to go through that path, down that path right now, because uh, Kate's lifestyle, and that's what she's here to talk about today, it's pretty much a feeling with Danish, especially Aarhus, especially the lifestyle in Aarhus. And well, the the title for this episode that herself has proposed was Cracking the Code for a Healthy Living. So you'll see that it's going to have a lot to do with the cultural approach to health and well-being that Danish people and young Danish people here in Aarhus also have. So I think it's going to be something we're going to be talking about throughout this program. Definitely uh, looking forward. And when I was asked for the n title, I was thinking, and you know what's why did I say cracking the code? Because I specialize in data analysts. So I love coding, like that's what I think. And when people sometimes see me, you know, all messy with my hair, my messy bone, they have no clue or... I do a lot of Instagram also, if I must say, and that's where I share all my healthy fitness advices or yummy stuff. But then people have no idea what I do behind. And when I say to them, I actually would like to find a job in coding or data analysis, they don't picture me like that because that's not something that you kind of show. So that's what I think the title 
it's kind of yeah, fitting. Also, if you go to Kate's uh, Instagram, her bio, her bio, right? Like her description says uh, cooking and coding. <laughs> so it's uh, pretty much a nice uh, match and a nice mixture of talents and skill sets she has there. But Marta, before we go straight into the actual topic of today, you have this question that you like to ask uh, our guests and your guests. Yeah, here. there is one interesting uh, question and many people there are like, whoa, why didn't you tell me you're going to ask me that? But the question is, if apocalypse came, mm-hmm. which of your skills would help you survive? Definitely not coding. <laughs> <laughs> Healthy lifestyle. Uh, I think mm-hmm. wall climbing Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. You know, I don't know. I started doing them and now I nailed them. And the, we were t- the, together with Tefa Monday, I don't remember, doing a workshop. And we were supposed to show a trick. And I was like, okay, I know how to cook. There is no kitchen. So I was like, what am I supposed to do? And I was so a wall. So, yeah, something related with workout, I will say. Okay, yeah. but climbing walls, that could definitely be yeah. useful. In the apocalypse, definitely. <laughs> yeah. That's so. nice. Yeah, but in this way, we get to know something extra about you. Yeah, so I think we can go straight into our topic today, which again is cracking the code for a healthy living. So how do we crack that code? Because I think that a lot of people around there and maybe some of the people who are listening to us right now would like to have a healthier lifestyle. It doesn't really necessarily has to be the typical Instagram fitness lifestyle that is very demanding, that requires lots of discipline, lots of efforts and lots of time. But generally, I think there is a global trend of living healthier for many reasons, for climate change purposes or for uh, simply feeling better with yourself for aesthetic purposes, whatever it is, I think a lot of people want to live healthier. So um, I know by fact, because I've uh, actually lived with Kate at some point, that she's got this really strict routine and really strict like Uh, small things she does every single day to keep up the standards of her healthy lifestyle. So Kate herself, one of the things she suggested that we could talk today about was her morning routine, right? So Kate, uh, why is it so important to have a morning routine in general, to have a healthier lifestyle? And what would that morning routine look like? I can function without breakfast. (laughs) That's something that you all should know. And it's so crazy because I remember when I was in high school, some of the times I, of course, being a Latino girl that I am, sorry for the ones that are not, but I am late because that's how I am sometimes. <laughs> I always used to be late for catching the bus. And my mom will always make a shake for me or breakfast or something that I can just, you know, drink it and go with my full stomach. But because I was late, I never drink it. And then nowadays, I am amazed when I see myself how much I have changed. And it's, thank you, mom, you were right. (laughs) Of course you were, but you don't realize when you're 15 or 16 years old. I wake up every morning. I am a super early morning person. I wake up 6 a.m. It can be Sunday or Monday that I am up at that time, but it's also biological. And that's something that I have learned with time. When I I start getting used to wake up from Monday to Friday and 6 a.m., then during the weekends, even though I don't set up an alarm o'clock, my body will wake up at that time. And then I need to go to the toilet. What I do on my way to the toilet is I put some water in the kettle and I turn it on. Then when I went back, 
I have Miss Green. I should have bought Miss Green. Yeah. Miss Green. She has this beautiful mug or cup, like a huge coffee cup that it's a green M&M's, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, an, it's a green M&M's face and it's super beautiful and it's called Miss Green. And she <laughs> says, I met for no one. So Miss Green is very sassy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so you boiled your water. Yeah. And then I drink, and I think it's, I could say, 70, 150 milliliters of hot water. And then I put a squeeze one lemon, propolis, and apple cider vinegar. It's not tasty, I'm telling you. But it helps me. It cleanses me. Yeah. And, and what's the purpose of having this drink as the first uh, thing you have in your day? The first thing you put into your body. Why is this uh, important? Why are these ingredients? Why does it have to be warm, for instance? First of all, lemon uh, has a lot of vitamin C. And I like to mix that with propolis because propolis, they both help to protect uh, your immune system. And then apple cider vinegar is very good for uh, burning fat. So when you mix all of that in the morning, it's kind of a good cleanse that you give to your body before you intake something. Yeah, I, I've also heard, and uh, it would be Kate, the one that would correct me, that when you have something warm, especially something clean and warm, such as just water, if as the first thing in your day, you activate your digestive system and you activate your whole body circulation and your whole system so you're more active and you get a lot more energy to go through the day, right? Yeah. Sometimes when I wake up, I might not be hungry, but as soon as I drink my lemon water, I am already feeling that I'm ready to eat. And the thing is that then I start cooking my breakfast. What I have been eating lately, it's porridge with banana, peanut butter, and, you know, if I want to say something is that it's the misconception that people have that needs to be changed. That being healthy is, uh, it tastes bad or healthy food, it's bad. And that's not whatsoever. I think that I eat very healthy, I don't know, 80% of the time. But I think by now, if you give me here a huge bag of French fries, I don't crave. It's not people sometimes say to me, oh, my God, Kate, you have so much self-control because you don't want. And it's not for me a problem. But it, this has been years, years of learning. Year and yeah. Yeah, sorry. So it's uh, my breakfast, what I eat every day. It's very yummy. And that's what I share on my Instagram. And yeah. people comment to me. And the thing is that what I like to do is to find a healthy alternative for all the delicious food that you see there, because it's not that you are not gonna enjoy if you have a healthier lifestyle. Yeah. I think we can do a very interesting exercise here if Marta tells us what is her morning routine, what does she like to have for breakfast, because you also have kids, it's also a family, so it's a different also approach to what you should do for breakfast, have maybe limited time, and uh, maybe Kate can tell us if there is some things you could replace on them to make them more healthy, would you like to do that, Marta? Yeah, sure. So when I wake up, I usually feel super dehydrated. So the first thing that I have is two or three glasses of water. So I wake up and that's the first thing that I get, two, three glasses of water. I have uh, been experimenting with doing like water with lemon or something, but in the morning my body just wants water. So that's what I give it as uh, as the first thing. So I often have like a liter of water as the first thing that I get in the morning. I don't eat breakfast very early because I have been doing some intermittent fasting. That's where I feel good. I used to have breakfast all my life until like the last year. 
early in the morning. And I have changed that last year and I have a breakfast a bit later. But what I have is actually a porridge. It's mm, a nice. porridge with apples and bananas, sometimes with peanut butter, sometimes with dates. I, I alternate a little bit to make it more tasty mm. and delicious. So that's I don't remember last time I had something else uh, than porridge for breakfast. And if I do, it's probably something like an occasion, like somebody's like kid's birthday or something. And then we get pancakes or something like okay. that. So, Kate, what do you think it's like the main things that a healthy breakfast should have? Because it sounds like Marta's is pretty healthy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say that's a pretty solid healthy routine, because first of all, you do two things like that many people don't do. You intake one liter of water first thing in the morning. There are ma- plenty of people that they don't even drink water until, I don't know, three o'clock. And what it's supposed that the human body requires is an average of two liters of water. That when you think it's maybe four glasses, no, they say eight glasses of water. But for many people, that is too much water. They don't drink it. Second of all, you don't, I hate, I really hate against uh, this phrase that says, but first coffee. No, it <laughs> will never should be first coffee. For me, it's like first my lemon water, then my breakfast and third coffee, mm-hmm. because then I already have something in my stomach. So imagine when if you wake up and the first thing that you give to your body is coffee. That is like I in for what I know, the worst thing that you can do to your body. So I don't hear. Well, yeah, well, I forgot benefits. about the coffee. I do <laughs> drink coffee every morning. Of course, mm-hmm. I just kind of like forgot. I skipped mm-hmm. it. It's so weird because it's such a big part of my morning routine mm-hmm. to have my coffee. Yes. So I do have my co- so the water is the first thing and then the coffee is the second thing and then the breakfast. That's usually how it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But why is in general having this morning routine? Because I think we could also go back a little bit to your own morning routine. You have Miss Green, you have Mm -hmm. your water, you have your water with lemon. And what do you do afterwards? And what do you think about when you are cooking your breakfast? What does your breakfast necessarily has to have for you to have a good day ahead? You know, in the way I think and now in the way I see food, but it's also because I do a lot of training and a workout. So I see food by protein, fat, and carbs. That's as simple as it goes for me. So it depends. Let's say I'm going to show you two scenarios. The first one that's most common because usually I train around 5 p.m. every morning. So what I will have is a solid breakfast because I need some substantial in my body. So it's a porridge because it's a good carbohydrate. And then I need a protein. And that's where I get the peanut butter, which is fats and protein, and the banana. And I actually have started adding adding some dates. But why dates and why dry fruit? Because the sugar that those have, they will last you for longer. Whereas if I intake an apple, that one will give me energy like this. In one hour, it will be gone. Whereas the sugar from the dry fruit, it lasts longer. And now I am training for a half marathon because I am going to run the half marathon <laughs> on you know? June. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Three weeks to go and I have not run more than 15Ks, I think. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But the, I learned that when I start training for the half marathon with a guy because I have my regular porridge in the morning. And then we went for a run 15Ks and I feel so bad. I was so heavy. And I said to him, I don't know what I did wrong. And then he told me, your body You don't need protein or fats before you work out. You need that afterwards. Mm. So if I am going to train in the afternoon, I will have this whole breakfast. But let's say sometimes I have the same class 9 a.m. in the morning. Then what I will have is simple oats with water and banana and dates. Nothing else. 
That's interesting, and mm. it also really sounds very tasty. It is. It is, yeah. yeah. It is either that or my avocado toast. I am an avocado toast lover. Mm-hmm. I must say that we would have a good collaboration on breakfast <laughs> if we were living together because that's definitely <laughs> something I love. Yeah. Before I move on into the other uh, topic, which we more or less have touched upon already, I want to say that living with Kate was really, really challenging for me because I really eat I don't eat healthy and I learned a lot from Kate on how to eat healthy. My breakfast would be definitely a coffee and a croissant probably. And I will not even think about this is carbs, this is protein. I don't know. This is just tasty. I want it. I'm craving for it. This is what I'm going for. I always have breakfast no matter which time of the day I wake up. So I'm not a morning person myself if I have to wake up early if I have a commitment I will and it's not going to be a problem but if I have the chance to sleep late I'm definitely going to sleep late and if I wake up at 11 I'm gonna have breakfast at 11 and it's probably going to be a croissant and a very dark Colombian coffee so <laughs> yeah I learned so much from her and this was a uh, really interesting and you were talking about exactly carbohydrates proteins, sugar, and a uh, next uh, topic in uh, our list was uh, the journey to a balanced diet, intuitive eating. What is this? What is intuitive eating? Um, that's a good question. So now I I can say to you what's a protein, what's carbs and uh, fats, just like as if I will know the ABC, you know what I mean? But it has the years of learning that. But that's the thing, and that's what you mentioned, Defa, before. In order for to be healthier, it's not that you have to be, you know what I mean? I need 30 grams of carbohydrates on my lunch because else it's going to be too much. It's because now I have a purpose and I'm training. So intuitive eating is, I don't know if you have heard, but people says if it fits your macros. So basically, if you want to achieve this lean body for the summer, because summer is coming, then you are supposed to eat certain amount of protein, of carbohydrates and of fats, right? So when you reach a certain level that you know how to count your calories and the nutrient that you are intaking, that's intuitive eating. It means that maybe in the morning I will eat two tablespoons of peanut butter, but then I know that I already take that amount of fat that I needed, so I won't eat another extra tablespoon of peanut butter during the day. Sometimes what I do in the morning, I will take one, and then in the afternoon with my protein shake, I will take the second one. So that's kind of intuitive eating, you know. I can play around as long as I keep my calories or my macros controlled. Mm-hmm. But that kind of takes, you build up that. It's not a thing that you just wake up and you know all of that. You need to read, mm-hmm. you need to invest a lot of yourself on that. That's very interesting. I had a different uh, picture in my mind. Mm-hmm. I had a picture of listening to my body. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and of course, this is something that you can observe in children before they get polluted mm-hmm. <laughs> with sugar and so on, where they will really have intuitively choose the things that they need for them. Mm-hmm. I think it gets a little bit uh, cluttered when we have exposed ourselves to things that are actually causing addiction, food addiction, like sugar, like coffee and so on, because it starts um, you know, making mistakes in our intuition of what is really good for us. But I think that after cleansing, I have a few times in my life done cleansing. And if I cleanse my body and I am like restarted to the level zero, I actually can listen to what I feel like eating, what feels good when I have eaten it. And then I don't put on weight 
even though I have no idea if I had two b- spoons of uh, peanut butter <laughs> of mm-hmm. or 15. Mm-hmm. Because when I reset that addiction, then I am capable of uh, first I'm craving the things that I know also from uh, science (laughs) that it's good things like I'm craving a salad Mm -hmm. uh, in in that state when uh, you know when I am cleans or I'm craving a a porridge and so not french fries so of course there has to be some learning behind that but it has nothing to do for me with how much how much is when my belly feels half full yeah, Marta, how did you did your clean things? Did you detox in a certain way or which methods did you use? Yeah, I have used, I have uh, tested a few different methods. I have uh, done, the biggest one that I have done was alkaline diet, where for a few weeks I mainly ran uh, veggie juices and uh, veggie soups. So that was like the biggest one that I have done. I have tried this um Lemonade diet, I think it was called, where you mainly get water with lemon, with maple syrup and cayenne pepper. Mm. I have done one where I just simply myself choose that I only eat vegetables. Then I would have veggie salads and veggie soups uh, for myself. So I have tried a few different methods. I do it uh, regular, not maybe not regularly, but every year. Okay, I think I have many things uh, that I can relate to from your story right now. And is okay, I also thought that the intuitive part of the intuitive eating had a lot more to do with paying more attention to your own body, what your body, have more body awareness on what your body is asking you for. And I think I also can relate to the cleansing and detoxing because although I didn't do it consciously, I went vegan. And I stopped eating meat and at the beginning it was really, really hard and I I had some cravings for it. Uh, Around the time I had been going on this vegetarian vegan diet at the beginning, I moved in with Kate for a couple of weeks and then my diet got even more, let's say, restricted, I would say, because then it was low carbs, gluten free and vegan, right? And it got I could feel after some months that my body was so light and I was craving for salads, which was completely, I I would, would have never imagined myself craving for a salad before. And I also felt like I needed to do something with my body. I felt like I needed to move and get active because I also felt lighter and I am not a sporty person. I've never been a runner like Kate doing marathons or anything, but I felt like I wanted to run. And I thought like, okay, I can take my bike and and climb a hill here in Aarhus. And I felt a lot more active with that. So definitely uh, another example of that is we were having a brownie, right, Uh, Kate? A couple of days ago, there was this brownie. The protein brownie from the protein kitchen. And I uh, took... I know, but that was what just a normal brownie we had. And I had this piece and I love brownies. And I felt like I was eating a spoonful of sugar to my body. It felt to my body like just pure sugar. And Kate told me, okay, that's because you've been eating healthier. And then suddenly your body cannot intake that amount of sugar. It just simply is going to reject it. So uh, I thought the intuitive eating had a little bit more to do with this body awareness. But do you think, Kate, that there is some body awareness to this intuitive eating as well? It is, totally. But for instance, that's what I told you in the way that now I say how I see food. It's target for what I want to achieve. But when you have, uh, along this time, uh, you have mentioned several diets 
you mentioned intermittent fasting, alkaline diet, and the lemon, and what was the another one? The no, detox. The, the, the last one was just my own, uh, what I feel is works yeah. best for me when I want to get healthy. But what I can say when I listen, you know, all these names of diets is been there, done that. Mm. I have had such, it's been a journey. Mm. I did, I have tried all the diets that you can imagine. Let the, I don't know, eating just do the same food, doing these detoxes for a lot, a long period of time. I remember two summers ago because I wanted to get a six pack, right? That's mm-hmm. the goal that has never been there yet. So <laughs> it will be summer 2020 now. <laughs> and I was training maybe twice a day and I was as low carb as possible. And just now I can see how much I was damaging my own body and why even though I was training so much, I was not seeing the changes that went in my body. Because I thought, right, that I was this super fit girl, that no, no, carbs are the enemy. And now I see I need actually carbs to survive. So that brings me to my next point, Eva. When you kind of have this intuitive eating that, you know, you don't need this kind of detox or things because you're already clean. Every morning I clean myself with my uh, lemon water. What I My ideal day will be that I have at least... 12 hours in between my dinner and my breakfast. I have tried intermittent fasting when I wanted to lose fat, not lose weight, but lose fat, which means for the body composition. But I couldn't. It was too much for me, too hard. But now I have found a balance. So for me, it will be perfect if I have dinner at 7, if I train at 5 to 6, if I am having my dinner around 7, 8, the latest, and then the next day I will have my breakfast at 8, that will be, oh my God, such the perfect day. If I go like that, at least from Monday to Friday, I don't feel that my body needs any detox or any cleans because I'm already doing something good for it every day. Yeah, so so before we move into the next one, uh, we are still talking about journey to a balanced diet, to a balanced diet. What would be a balanced diet for Kate? Uh, it will be having, a, I would say, five meals a day. So the main, the ones that we... No, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then two snacks in the morning. No, one in the morning and one in the mid-afternoon. And actually, I can give an example of this. The other day, we were on a cafe with my roomie, and we agreed that we were going to have dinner together. I think I was going to make some fresh spring rolls because he's a guy. I mean, he loves eating my food, but he hates cooking, right? So spring (laughs) rolls is good because he helps with the chopping. So then I was a bit hungry, but I could handle the hunger, you know, it was fine. Like I knew we were going to be eating in maybe 45 minutes. And then he says, Kate, I have a hole in my stomach. I'm starving. When are we going to go home? And I say to him, yeah, but that's like, I don't understand why you are so hungry. Didn't you eat something? And then he says to me, I'm not like you. I'm not snacking all day. Mm -hmm. And I see, see, that's the reason why I do it. It's not that I'm snacking all day, but now my body is used to that. At least I need to have something every three hours, because in that way you keep your metabolism running all the time. So you don't reach the point that you are like starving that you need, because what happened is that when you are so hungry and you don't have the food ready, what will you reach for? And that's when it's difficult. In my house, I don't think that we have uh, snacks, chips or anything like that. My room, he has hidden in his room. <laughs> not because oh my god but because I'm a human being and if I am hungry and if I see that the bag of I don't know chips or something I will just want to grab it and eat it so I'm you know what I mean I also fight with myself so it's not that it's just that easy 
Yeah, I, I think it's important with the metabolism running. For me, it's also important because uh, I know that a lot of other people also have sh problems with their sugar, uh, blood sugar levels. So keeping snacking, I think it's healthy for anybody, like in, in any any possibilities. Of course, as long as the snacks are not brownies and chips and French fries, but something healthier, something that keeps you on running, right? But now I think we kind of jumped into the other part, which, which is about anxiety and self-confidence. Because you were saying, I'm a human being. like, And you also have um, dinners with other people sometimes. Uh, when we were, for instance, living together, Kate was always telling me, just eat whatever you want. It's okay. If you're going to eat it in front of me, I'm not going to crave for it maybe. But some things I will because I really like them and I know it's going to completely unbalance my diet today. So you're human, you have to have self-confidence and you need to deal with that anxiety as well to uh, make sure that you keep up to your healthy lifestyle, right? How do you deal with this, Kate? How do you manage your own anxiety and how do you build up self-confidence? Well, the real reason, because all my friends say, oh my gosh, but you should have such a six pack if you work out and it's so healthy. And if you want to know the real reason what six-pack is not showing up yet, it's because anxiety. And that's really bad for me. It's not that I have this... You were mentioning that you have cravings, right? But healthy cravings is, I would say, I hate to say he healthy and unhealthy mm -hmm. because I can eat the healthiest burger. A burger is not unhealthy. What's unhealthy is that you put three dressings and three extra cheeses and bacon and fries. That is what makes it unhealthy. But I'm just going to use those terminology. There was one day that I don't remember, maybe a month ago, and I was just so stressed, so busy, such in a bad mood. It was already 11, and I was watching Fast and Furious 8. So I mm -hmm. was, like, having a nice time. And then it was just so many things going on that I saw myself at 2 a.m. I think I have ate two porridge as my breakfast bowls that I will eat with one banana each, peanut butter, all the toppings. I feel so gross, so disgusting. <laughs> the next day, I couldn't eat until, I don't know, 4 p.m. And you know how I'm telling you? I have this daily routine. So my body was like, hey, what's going on? And I wrote one post about that on my Instagram saying, it's, it doesn't mean that healthy eating, you know, it does not mean that you are like, you never have this kind of episodes. Maybe it would have been better if I would have just intake a burger the double cheeseburger than what I did. Stuffing, I didn't eat because I was hungry. I ate because I was desperate. Mm. So why I don't have a six pack? It's because I fight with anxiety because I think that anxiety targets people in different ways. People smoke, people drink coffee. And for me, it's the eating. It's when I feel that kind of desperation, I reach to food. Food is my safety zone. And that's something that I'm constantly battling. And in terms of self-confidence, it all started, I think that I have a small contexture, a small physique. So I would always used to be, I used to be super, super skinny. I was normally skinny, but I thought that I was way too skinny because all my cousins would make fun of me, you know. Oh my God, it feels that you're going to just blow whenever you're walking on the streets and the wind is too strong. Or they will criticize my body. Oh, my God. Because in Latin America or in South America, we have this idea that 
a woman needs to have a huge ass and huge boobs. And if you see me, I am like, none. I have no, no boobs, no ass. <laughs> Even though I work out, I have none. <laughs> and now I joke about that, you know. I embrace it. I say, I have a small ass, but it's very firm or something like that. <laughs> but before, when I listen to those words, it will just hurt me and break me so, so bad. When I was 15 years old, I used to go with my best friend. She used to have a good body, right? So we would go together to buy bras, but I didn't need any bra. I Actually, I don't use bras now because <laughs> it's just too big for me. I wear a sports bra all the time. And I would just feel them, you know, so I can't pretend at the party that I have some boobs. But <laughs> I didn't have any. <laughs> and many times, I wouldn't just go to parties. Or I even wanted to go out because I feel that I was horrible and people would criticize me just because of how skinny I was. And my mom always fight against that. She's like, look yourself in the mirror, like, you're pretty, go. And for some time, people will say, the guys, in because guys, oh my God, when they are 16, 17, they don't know what they are saying. Mm -hmm. Say, yeah, you're so pretty, but you have no body. How will you say that to a teenager that's 15 years old? Then I went to the United States to study my bachelor's, actually. I lived there for two years. And I joined the cross-country team. I used to run everything. That's why I start loving and hate running at the same time. I would do so much exercise every day, but for dinner, because I had zero knowledge of what's healthy and what's unhealthy, I would have this super huge Caesar salad with tons of cheese on top, croutons, and two dressings, and a side of french fries. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was healthy because it was a salad. Anyways, mm -hmm. when I went back home, I gained, I was the heaviest I have been, and heaviest, imagine this, what I'm saying. It was 128 pounds. No mm. idea what it means, sorry. In, in kilos, <laughs> kilos <laughs> we'll be 50, 50, 55, 50, 57. Yeah, 56 kilos mm -hmm. will be. When I always used to be 49. Wow, but that's pretty low, right? Pretty low. So uh, about this anxiety and self-confidence, has the exercise and has this healthy lifestyle helped you build up this self-confidence and deal with your anxiety somehow? Yeah, yeah, and sorry, that's just where I wanted to go back. Mm. So when I went back with this, my friends and my family used to call me Miss Piggy. I used to cry so, so bad. I, They would say, oh my God, look at those chicks, what happened to you? Like, weren't you running? It was like the worst. And then is when I start working out. But I mean, I was already working out, but I had no knowledge of the food, you know. So I didn't know. I couldn't understand myself what was going on with my body, why I changed so much. How come I earned weight if I was always skinny? But see how is society. Before, I was judged because I was too skinny. But afterwards, I was judged because I gained weight. And then is when I start going to CrossFit, and I love it. I fell in love with it. And then eventually, one year after that, I came to Denmark, and that's when everything changed. And that's when I learned about it, what I knew, that bread is good, but this is, this is not bad because it's called bread. And then nowadays, I joke, you know, I call myself Miss P or something like that on Instagram. But because now I earn it, and now I'm not ashamed of my body anymore, and now sometimes I'm too extreme. But now it, I have been beyond that phase, you know that I care about what people think of me because what I've learned is that they will judge you nevertheless. Yeah. So now you're working out on a daily basis, right? Yeah. It's part of your routine. You go, where do you go? How do you train? What do you do? I go to fitness work and I love it because then you can have that everywhere. 
-hmm. And I answering your previous question, Tefa, yeah, the workout is part of, you know how people get high? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that for me, working out, I don't know if I have to put in words, brings me to another dimension. When I am at the gym, I am never, you will never see me at the gym taking selfies or for, I don't care about what's going on. I, the, it can be the apocalypse that I don't care because I am working out and focus on my class. And what I do mostly is the functional training, the CrossFit. And it's just because those classes are by time and they push you. So you have no time to even think if you have the willing to do the next exercise because you need to just go, 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 go. And that's what I like. It. That's when I can be sad, I can be busy, I can be stressed, I can be happy. But when I go to the gym, I feel that I am me. And after that, I can just breathe. That's what I try to do it every single day. Yeah, I, I just uh, have been listening so much with so much interest to what you are saying. Because for me, uh, now I have, I can see that I have uh, a little bit more years on the planet Earth <laughs> than you. I just suspect I'm a little older. Uh, but uh, I have, of course, been like you've mentioned, I have tried different types of diets. I have been experimenting with different things that work or not work. Then I uh, became a coach and I'm also trained in something that is called conscious healing, which is taking a lot, uh, which is treating a lot about how we actually feel with ourselves. And that's what for me is cracking the code to being healthy is actually our mental state. And when you were saying like, we need those five meals and we need the snacks and so on, I was like, but I was there and I was really taking five healthy meals every day and I was still gaining weight, even though I was following rules and I was, you know, following some apps and checking the grams and all these things I was still putting on weight and then you've mentioned that why you're still struggling with your things is anxiety and that's what I what became true for me it doesn't matter what kind of diet or how many meals or how much I work out it doesn't make much difference actually what makes difference is my mental state when I am in the good mental state I will naturally want to move my body, I will naturally want to eat healthy salad, a porridge and so on. And I don't have to stick to anything. I don't have to put any labels to it, intermittent diet, whatever, alkaline diet, whatever, because I've learned through trying, testing and trying what works for me. So what cracks the code for me is actually the mental state. That's that's what's the key ingredient of the healthy living. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know about you girls, but I was very happy and very glad that one of our five topics today was actually anxiety and self-confidence because I think that I completely agree with you. Once your uh, brain and your mental state is not in sync with your body, once there's something going on in your mind that is not letting you focus really, call it anxiety, call it any other thing, then it's much harder to get that motivation. It's much harder to feel like you need to move your body. So no matter what you're eating, you're just not going to reach that healthy physical physical health uh, that you're reaching and or that you're looking forward to reach, right? So uh, I think this is something really important. And I also think that Kate uh, has also her own ways to deal with her anxiety and her own way to motivate herself because this is the, the last uh, topic that we arranged to discuss with her. And is how do you keep yourself motivated? 
First of all, I think is following, like the people I follow. You know, social media can be damaging, but it can also be beneficial. I think in both ways. And actually, that's what it's all. You you are the only one who can control that. So, I of course used to start following first models, and I would compare myself. But nowadays, I try to follow real people, and that's kind of the same image or message that I try to send to people. So sometimes I I don't remember what which was the exact phrase, but I say, "Don't rely on willpower." Because it's true, willpower will just disappear, but it's a matter of habit. I promise you, there are days that I am in my room, I see the bed, and all just one is just to stay there, stay in. And then the next thing I know is that I'm rushing to go to the class because I don't want to be late. And I can't understand what happened in those 10 minutes. But it's just that I know something inside of me make me do that. And it's the matter of the habit. And that's when you have asked me, how can people start healthier? You don't need to go and put on the trash all the food. You don't have to change your lifestyle in all, you know, by tomorrow. It all starts by small things. And then one the thing leads to another thing, then to another thing. And here we are. What I do, for instance, every morning is you see me. I Most of the time when I know that I'm going to have a busy day, I always go out with my gym bag. Because when I have it with me, on my way home, then I need to make the choice. Am I going to go stop at the gym? But if I don't have it with me, then, of course, I have to just go home. So I think those are kind of little tricks that you use yourself. But when I feel, and I've learned that now, that I am having this anxiety, I force myself to go to the gym because that's good for me. I also think this uh, can develop into another huge topic, right? Because when people suffer or are experiencing either anxiety or depression or high levels of stress, it's very easy to tell them, be active, go, take, go for a run, stand up, do something for yourself, uh, move your body, eat healthier, it's going to fix it. That's all you need, right, to get over it. But as you say, it's a huge process. It's a long process. I think you might also have lots to say about this, uh, how to complement um, exercising and having a healthy lifestyle with dealing with your own anxiety, for instance, Marta. Yeah, so uh, about me, I am a motivation coach. So motivation is like this topic that is so huge for me. And I am absolutely fascinated with what makes us jump out of bed and, uh, you know, take that extra mile. What is it? Tell what, me. <laughs> now, then we would have, an, uh, we would need another season, <laughs> not only another show. But, you know, or what makes us close our dreams in a closet? You know, this motivation is actually, of course, it has been studied uh, by so many people in so many different uh, universities and so on. So there is not one answer. This is something that every human has to answer for themselves. Because what is motivation? In the simplest word, and I love to, in the simplest explanation is the reason why you act or behave in a certain way. So this is the reason, your why, your purpose. That's so closely linked together. And I am now studying it from many different perspectives and uh, patterns of behaviors and habits and so on. This is so much. And sometimes when we mention things like strong anxiety or depression, you actually first need to really invest some time and energy into actually 
uh, healing your mental state because that's something where you can't just oh just do it you know mm-hmm. or because at a certain level of that you can't just do it anymore that you cannot count on willpower anymore so of course the first thing you first need to take care of your mental health in order to actually be able to come to this place where you can regain your motivation when you are uh, with milder levels of anxiety now i am studying neurolinguistic programming where you can actually have very short exercises where you can put yourself in a state of mind that you would like to be. Uh, so there is something called anchoring where you can actually press a point in your body and you can get yourself into a more positive mental state. But that's again, that's for something where you are not deeply, you are not in a, in a level of depression or in a level of strong anxiety. That's for more uh, mild levels. So I'm studying this kind of things for, for so from so many different different perspectives because I'm fascinated with what makes us procrastinate or what makes us to actually get out of procrastination. And I am that's what I'm working on with my clients, overcoming fear, overcoming self-doubt, overcoming procrastination, because that's something that makes us, you know, make it or break it, makes us having a crappy life or a good, healthy, uh, fulfilled life. I don't know about you, Denise, but I think this is a really nice mixture between the two of them because, uh, of course, for having a healthy lifestyle, it's important to pay attention to your body as much as it's important to pay attention to your mind. Does it look like a nice mixture here? It it definitely does. I think the motivation part is very, very exciting. Yeah, I I also think so. Motivation to to two different people are two different things. Yeah, that's right. And also for different purposes, because we were talking about the purpose. And in this case, Kate's purpose right now is getting her beautiful six pack for (laughs) for next summer or the one next (laughs) year. We don't know yet, but she has a a clear purpose, but it doesn't really need to be for everybody. I don't want a six pack. I don't need a six pack, but I want a healthy lifestyle. Some people say, okay, I I want I smoke too much. So I want to be active and stop smoking. That's also also working towards having a healthier lifestyle. So what would you, how would you girls, both of you describe a healthy lifestyle? That was, I was thinking like when we mm-hmm. started talking today, I was like, oh, we jump in into those ingredients, but what mm-hmm. does it actually mean to mm-hmm. have a healthy lifestyle? And uh, I would love to hear from our guest first because uh, that's why we have you here because we'd love to hear from you. For me, I think it would be <coughs> That I have learned how to have, <coughs> sorry, that I have learned how to have a good relationship with myself. And when I can just hear, you know, what you're saying, you know, the motivation that then you go and why you keep doing, I start thinking when you have a relationship with someone, a friendship, sometimes I believe, just Steph and me, we're very good friends, but we have had our arguments. But we have go beyond that. And I can see that with my parents when you have a boyfriend and everything. And I actually think that when you overcome those challenges with the people that you love, it means that you are strong. But why can you overcome that? Because you had a ground, a solid ground. And if I can say what for me is having a healthy lifestyle, is having this nice relationship with myself that I have learned. And I actually think and agree with you. Maybe I am saying, I don't know what's the reason why I don't want to go. And then the next 10 minutes, I am like running, no, 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 excuse me, I need to go. But I think it's this ground that I work on every day. Every time I have my lemon water, every time I go to my gym, because it just changed my mindset. 
So I will say that for me, having a healthy lifestyle is first of all, fixing and building a nice relationship with yourself. Because when you are good with you, then you can be good for others and with others. I love how you put it. And I am always like, uh, even in LinkedIn Local recently, like, you know, how can you uh, get into when you ha are taking care of your mental state, that's that was the first thing that I said. The first thing is take care of the relationship with yourself and become your own very best friend. That's the very best, very first step. So I, I completely agree with you. For me recently, it's very much about having balance between four ingredients of my life. It's about having balance in my physical, mental, emotional and spiritual, spiritual yeah realm so this is for me the healthy lifestyle and i have already tested it in so many different uh, ways and situations if i press one of the buttons too high something happens with the remaining ones and even if it's like doing a lot in physical health for example should be so good for me but when i do too much i get the other things out of balance and something starts uh, suffering even with you know some people are very much into spirituality if you get too high on spiritual realm you can see that other uh, realms of your life start falling down for example the physical one so for me having a healthy lifestyle is really taking care of all of those my mental state my emotions my spiritual self and the physical part. Yeah, and I think that they are the the four. I also uh, have this very same vision, and I actually usually use this example of life being like a table that has four legs, and if one of the legs is unbalanced, then the surface it's not going to be straight, right? And things are going to slip down. Things are going to be more hard and more complicated to keep in place. But I think that also whatever you do with one of your realms, it's going to affect, immediately going to affect the others. And I don't know if you, Kate, can tell us a little bit more about this, but I've heard and I've read lots of studies lately that say that whatever you put into your body and whatever you eat, it's going to change your brain chemistry as well. And it's definitely going to impact your mindset that you were talking about your mindset it can reset things in your brain and it can also create new habits create new paths and like neuro neurological paths that will allow you to have a different perspective for instance or or things like that have you felt in your life that since you got this really nice fit for your needs diet that you like and makes you feel good has also impacted other realms of your life it, it does, it does. I consider myself as a part-time vegan, mm -hmm. <laughs> which mainly will be flexitarian. So I don't eat, I, I said, I don't eat dairy, not because I think dairy is bad, it's as good as it can be. But for me, Kate, it breaks my skin. If you see this, it's because we had cheese because it was the Latin festival last weekend and that was the breakfast. But see, that's what I like about it. Before, I would have never ate not even a piece of cheese. I would have not enjoyed that. I would be, oh my God, what's that? That's the demon. But nowadays, the kid I am now, it's like, I can't enjoy because everyone is eating that. Why would I not eat that? But now, now that I've learned so much and that I am learning myself, I have this connection with my body that I can tell you exactly these three pimples were because of that. You know <laughs> what I mean? And sometimes my dad makes fun of it. And I say, that it's because I get to know my body so much. I don't eat. I I don't buy meat now anymore 
But if I go to a barbecue, mm, I like young steak, very bloody. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's me. That's who I am. And I don't judge anyone. And that's the only thing that I ask for people is the same. Let me be me and you do you. If we are sitting together, you can eat all the French fries that you want. Why do you care that I don't want to eat those French fries? But it definitely changes. Nowadays, yesterday actually, because tomorrow I'm having a photo shoot for the Instagram. Uh, I want to have my hair and I almost damaged my hair completely because I used to wash it every day for the working out. So it took me a year to like come in like so it's nice again. And the woman, because she has been with me along this process, she told me, oh, my God, it's such a change of your hair. It really seems that you have been taking a lot of care. And you know what? Now the thing that I do is I wash it just once a week. But what I have changed is all my diet because now it's 80 percent plant based. Yeah. And you can see it everywhere, right? Everywhere mm -hmm. in your body, everywhere in your mind. Inside and outside. Inside and out. I think uh, I, I would like to add something because it's similar. I was never that fond of drinking water all the time, especially for the kind of job I used to do, in which I was always outdoors. So I never had clear or certain access to a bathroom all the time. But nowadays that I'm very used to drinking enough water every day of my life and I never go out without my water bottle, I know when I am dehydrated. And I would have never been able to tell myself and say, okay, I'm feeling this way. This is exactly the signs that my body is sending to me. I'm dehydrated. I need to drink some water. And I think that, of course, you get to know yourself much better like this. And you also get to see how your brain works much better when your body is is healthy in this sense as well, right? Yeah, mm. totally. That's why I say that for me it's about the balance in all four because it's enough one of them is very much out of balance. Of course, it's life. Mm -hmm. And of course, mm -hmm. you know, we, we go through ups and downs and we have some times when things uh, go a little bit off track. Uh, however, I just think that in order to keep healthy over a long time, it's about the four realities or four mm -hmm. realms because otherwise, if one is very much out of balance, it's going to take the others okay. down. Yes, absolutely. Kate, to grab up, What would you say to our audience is the greatest way to crack the code for a healthy mm -hmm. living? Because, of course, every single person has a different purpose of what they want to do with their life and body and what they seem healthy or not. So what would be your advice for those people to start this journey or maybe continue this journey of living healthier? At two words, love yourself. Mm -hmm. That would be all I can say. When you think in the long term, my dad smokes so much. I hate that he smokes, not because I think cigarettes good or bad, but I know it will damage his life. So the things I do is because I love myself and I know what I do now is going to be beneficial for me in the long term. Thank you so what much. What can we say about it? Yeah, <laughs> what can I? No, Speechless. Yeah, love is... Yes. So again, thank you, Marta, for letting me lead this program. I hope that a lot of our audience got some something out of it, some nice tips for their own lives and maybe some reflection as well, because we got really reflective at the end, which is something I really appreciate from both of you. Thank you for your inputs, Marta, too. Thank you so much, Estefania, for leading this program. It was a pleasure. And thank you, Kate, for joining us today. You were really inspiring. And I really hope that our audience will benefit from your wisdom 
and your tips uh, because we've had both practical tips and in-depth reflections. So thank you for that. Yeah, Marta, do you. you think it's it's okay if we share a uh, Kate's Instagram here so people that want to follow oh, her? Definitely, can, yes. Yeah? Go ahead. Yeah, so my Instagram is Kate M T O B A R, which is my last name. So if you can go, you can follow me and then you can see nice and yummy and healthy recipes. And mm-hmm. it will of course be available on the five options.com or at you've got five options. So thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, Denise. Thank you. You are listening to You've Got 5 Options radio show, where we hopefully convinced you that five indeed is a magic number. To catch up with our previous programs, apply to be our guest, send us your life challenge, or just to see how do we really look like, visit our website the5options.com We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you will come for more. That's all, folks! <laughs>